Welcome back to the Chip Lunch Podcast. My name is Joel, uh, and it's wonderful to have you along with us, whether you're watching us on YouTube. Shout out to Greaves, who always puts a comment in there. He's been doing quite a fair <laughs> we bit. Want, we want Ek for episode 100. Yeah, 100%. We definitely 100%, keep commenting. 100% on Ek for episode 100. He's moved away already because he can't hear. Can he hear us? I think he can. Your face is hidden over there. I can't tell you. Now he walked away. Um, yes, welcome, Brayden. How are you? Already been belittled, and now I'm getting asked on how I'm going. What this is? <laughs> why are you surprised? <laughs> why did you bring you. two drinks onto the podcast? One's water, and one is got a lot of sugar in it. So that Come tells on, you, you that we're recording in the afternoon again, and not in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean it's a Coca-Cola? So it is. I just didn't want to. Like, if they want us to mention them, they should pay us. I was leaving it generic. <laughs> yes, I'm okay, sure. so leaving it over for a sponsorship. <laughs> a sponsorship We're not sponsoring this podcast. I'm not having a brought to you by Coca Cola. You're wearing, you're watching, you're wearing, you are drinking out of the Lionel mug. Yes, famous Lionel mug given to me by Greaves. Though it's a left handed mug. I believe his wife, Ange, got those Ange. made. Greaves' wife. Yes, Greaves' wife. According to Eli. Greaves' wife. <laughs> uh, Let's introduce our guests. Yeah. We usually have guests on the Chip Lunch podcast. <laughs> we had two last week, which was exciting. Yeah. But uh, on this one, we only have one. Yeah. <laughs> and But you need to be on your best behaviour there, oh, uh, Brayden, because Ooh. we have one of the wardens <laughs> of Sorrel Bible Church, Leonie. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. As I was just saying to you before, uh, we had a little bit of trouble getting a guest this week. <laughs> and I, last night, I texted you at 10, uh, 10.15 and you replied. I was not expecting you to reply. And you're like, yep, no worries. I can do it. Even, even this, I'm like, fantastic. Thank you so much. So yeah. thank you very much for joining us. But like, as, as I was welcome. at pains to tell you, you were not whatever choice it was. It was just <laughs> working through a list. That's all. There's not a priority uh, in there. Just happy to help. Oh, well, I appreciate it very much. And a very, very lovely floral. Uh, uh, thank you. What do we call it? Attire? <laughs> so thank you for brightening, brightening up this uh, landscape, which is really, really today green. the same colour. <laughs> you and me. Same, same colour hat. It's pretty yeah. much the same colour shirt. And we're both wearing uh, black shorts. Yeah. Yeah. Can't see that on YouTube, but, you know. Text me and I'll send you a photo. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's start. Uh, it's really lovely to have you on, as I said, Leonie. Thank you very much. Uh, I just noticed that your watch band also matches your top, so that's even even more coordinated. Happy well coincidence. Thank you. Um, uh, now, you also have said that you have listened to almost every Chip Lunch episode. Is there all of them, or is there some that you've skipped? Is it no. all the ones that I'm in? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it is actually all of them. I'm sorry, well it's a bit done. of a tragic. Wow. Um, but have uh, you listened to the one that's come out today yet? I have actually. Oh, oh, um, wow. Was it Roger and Sue? Roger and Sue, yes. Yeah, and they were amazing. Yeah. What an incredible example of like commitment to yes. um, just sharing the gospel and just loving uh, their family. And mm, I agree. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool. And like to hear about their background which is like very similar to Pete and Bev Crawshaw's yeah. who have been on this podcast as well so um, I had an excellent time yeah. there was a reason we didn't have Braden on I don't know I, haven't li- <laughs> I, I don't listen to any of the ones that I'm on yeah. <laughs> so Leonie has by far listened to more of them than I have yeah well, um, I think you were writing a, doing something very important, writing a sermon. I was writing something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so, Leonie, if you do listen to every mm. podcast, do you know mm. what question I'm about to ask you? 
Well, I think you're going to ask me about how I like my hot chips. Correct. Thank you for doing my job. Yeah. You want to answer that <laughs> one too? And I think you'll be happy. Oh, Because <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm going to even even up a little. Oh, yeah, I definitely don't know if it's salt. Near even. So oh. my, my kids loved chicken salt. Yes. And no, no. Mm. no you disowned them for salt. that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not quite, but um, <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> so, okay, so you have regular salt. Yes, regular salt. Uh, any particular sauce or accompaniment? Um, no, no, I think just on their own, regular salt is perfect. Love that. Very simple. Mm. Mm. I was waiting for you to make a regular salt comment like, yeah, regular salt's for simple people. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, the only implied that it would be evening it up, but I don't think it's anywhere near even, so I'm not... I don't know. I think I got two from last week. Oh, really? So that would be three. (laughs) Oh, jeez. I I don't know. We've made count it before and I don't want to make him count it again. Oh, come <laughs> He's on. brought up the tally before. I don't know if he will bother to do it. Man, like we, I think we should start doing it. He made Dali draw a pink slug, so I'm very impressed with that. was extremely impressive. I don't know if you um, watch on YouTube, Leonie, or listen to it, but his editing is its very much something I enjoy. I, I did see the pink slug on mm. YouTube, yes. Uh, it's also interesting that we will uh, force him to do things. <laughs> <laughs> Outside comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, that's right. yes. Could you just... Uh, well, Eck, sorry. Would you put a pink slug on top of Brayden's head just for yes. a moment? Thank you. Thank you. Bing. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, I always like to ask this question, though, about the chips is that mm. do you have like a particular memory about having hot chips? Because there's always some nice family, a lot of nice family yeah. experiences when they, they've eaten chips or anything, yeah. like when you were young. Or yeah. So, yeah, really, fish and chips was the go-to mm. when I was growing up. So, yeah, mm. certainly um, ages me. Um, but, yeah, fish and chips was the Friday night go-to. So yeah. Why does that age you, though? Oh, well, I feel like we've got more choice now. Oh, I feel that's like, fair. you know, there was limited choice back yeah. then. Yeah, it's more like just burgers and fish and chips and that was about it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what's the fish and chip order? Do you get, like... Potato scallops, or you, you just fish oh. and chips? Uh, I've I've changed, so oh. I've gone healthy over oh. the years. So it's always grilled. Oh, you now. always went grilled instead of yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. But we used grill to can be great too. Yeah, there's no there's no bad mm. option. So mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, chicken right. salt is the bad option. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> okay. Well, let's ask the next question though. Why don't yes. you ask it to yourself? <laughs> okay. okay. So, so uh, I became a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, Leonie, how did I become a Christian? Um, uh, how did you become a Christian? Yeah, well? um, I, was, I was lucky enough to have Christian parents mm. and so um, involved in church right from the beginning, which was great. Um, and so I actually made a decision to follow God when I was nine. Mm. Um, so even though I had sort of known all about God, um, and been involved in church and we went to beach mission for holidays and we did all that sort of stuff. Um, so it was very familiar, but I also knew that it was something personal. Um, and so growing up, I was a really shy, sort of quiet kid and I actually wanted to be like the popular kids, you know, I just didn't like being me that much. Mm. Um, and so it was interesting because um, the fact that God really loved me and accepted me um, and it created me the way he had was really, you know, something special and important. And it's like if if um, if God was willing to send his son to die for me, then that's that's something I, I should respond to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made a commitment to follow him at nine and um, held off getting baptised till 14. Um, and, yeah, but from nine years old, I had the relationship. I had my first answer to prayer. Um, when I was uh, scared about um, approaching 
the physical education teacher because I wanted to play netball and I hadn't <laughs> told them in advance. And my mum said, well, you've got to tell the teacher. And I'm like, oh, no, no. <laughs> and so, you know, you pray about it. And yeah. God mm. made it work and it was like, oh, God, yeah, okay. <laughs> and did you, when you became a Christian at nine, how involved were your parents in that? Because you said they were, they were non-Christian. How much did they have an influence on, like, you understanding what God meant to you and, and what Jesus had done for you? Yeah. Um, so they really were influential. So um, having, I think my dad was an elder in the local church, was Church of Christ. And um, uh, so I remember my mum talking about um, when she became a Christian mm. and, I, and my dad. And um, so... Yeah, they, they used to pray with me and um, so, yeah, I was really fortunate to have that sort of strong background. And do you have like uh, like strong memories of them praying with you? And Yeah, I have really strong memories of my dad um, being the one to sit down at night, you know, um, in, in bed and just um, and, and do that. Mm. Um, I have strong, <laughs> strong memories of going to Sunday school and just all, all the stuff that you do. Um, and uh, yeah, and growing up in youth groups were a big part of what we did too. And this wasn't in Sydney though. I, I no, right? no, I do know in that Melbourne. piece of information. Yeah. So yeah. where where did you live in Melbourne? And uh, so Glen Waverley. I've heard um, of that. Yeah, it was the outer suburbs back then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not the outer suburbs <laughs> right. anymore. Okay. <laughs> it's more the equivalent of Chatswood now, probably. Oh, okay. <laughs> but no, it was uh, it was a good place to grow up. Mm. Yeah. What about school there? What was that like? Yeah, so um, the local primary school was great. You could walk to school um, and uh, it was wonderful. I went to a girls' school for high school, so a Baptist girls' school. Um, that was uh, interesting. I didn't particularly love school. Um, I had a few good friends, mm. but I was probably much more the introvert, so I had close, small circle of friends. Yeah. Um, but ironically, I had the friends who were the Christian, so I had another close girlfriend who was a, a, a strong Christian. So we were known yeah. as sort of the, the, the Christians. And then at I was friends. At the Baptist school? <laughs> yeah, Baptist, at the Baptist school, that's yeah. right. And then I was friends with the non-Christians. Like I was friends with the kids that were the, um, the rebellious ones and all the popular ones in between, no. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Can you, as someone, like I'm someone that's gone to co-educational schools for my schooling. What's, the, uh, what's it like being in a, a girls only school? Um, look, in, in some ways, um, it, it's actually quite easy because um, you just don't have to navigate a whole lot of different mm. considerations and relationships. You, you know, honestly, girls' relationships are bad enough to navigate as a teenager anyway. Um, I'm just not going to say anything about that. <laughs> um, so it, it sort of allowed you to, to just, yeah, concentrate on, on school um, mm. But it was probably why it was really helpful to have youth group as the outlet yeah. um, as well, to be able to form those relationships and have a, a proper social group, yeah, growing up. Just can you, um, you spoke about being, you said you were a little bit shy, but then you also talked about like your friendship groups there. Can you tell us why you, like, why would you class yourself as being shy, but then wanting to be in the popular group? Yeah, I know. It's it's really weird, isn't it? Because <laughs> that's not weird. I'm just I'm just a little <laughs> bit interested. That's um, well, I I think for me there was a sense of not sometimes not being heard, um, or 
And and that wasn't anyone else's fault, probably other than mine, but perhaps not having the confidence. And the one person who really did hear me all the time was my dad. So, um, you know, my mum was great, but often uh, it was my dad that really helped me feel heard. Um, and interestingly, as a career practitioner, there's a, a process of looking at your early childhood heroes. Mm. Um, and so I, I had to think about that. And um, my dad came up as one, but ask you to think of others. And um, again, this just timeline, um, Flipper and Skippy. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> two well-known, two well-known Australian, Australian animals. Australian animals. Australian yeah. stars. Oh, is Flipper, TV, Flipper Australian? No, no, no American. Okay. No, yeah, but TV, animal TV stars yes. in my primary, you know, era. Well, in every, everyone's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it was interesting because they actually listened. Like they were able to listen to humans yeah. and then communicate. And it was like, so this idea of being heard or listening has been mm. important for me. Yeah. And I realised that there's a whole thread really through my life where, um, where I like listening to people, mm. um, where I actually discovered in my uni years that I like public speaking, so I, which who knew? Um, <laughs> well, that, that's very much in contrast to being shy. Yeah, 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 but it's about being heard. Mm. Yeah. Um, and Interesting, okay. I like people to be able to hear other people. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's really... Thanks for the question. No, that's <laughs> all right. That's really interesting because I feel like I'm a little bit the same, actually. Um, and sometimes I get frustrated when I don't feel like I'm being heard. What do you think... Where do you think that comes from? Do you think, like... Mm. Because, I mean, I probably have my own thoughts, but mm. I don't want to throw my parents under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> because I love, I love my parents very much and I yeah. don't think they did anything on purpose, no. if that makes sense. No. But I'm just wondering why, is that just a personality thing, do you think? Uh, you've got uh, specific parts of your parents' personality. What, what, do you th- yeah. what do you think is the cause yeah. of that? I think it's lots of things. I think it is personality, um, partly. Um, but I think it's a fundamental human need mm. to be seen in a way to Mm. be acknowledged and i think that um yeah it plays out differently for different people um and so anything that threatens us being really understood it's almost like you don't see my potential you know or you don't hear you don't really see all that i am or what i'm thinking or what i'm yeah i don't know yeah Yeah. do you think that affect how do you think that um relationship to being seen and heard affected your relationship to God? Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really key um, part of that because really only God can really see the real you mm. and um, and only God accepts the real you, even we don't accept ourselves. Yeah. Um, so that was the whole bit. I, you know, it, I had to learn from God to really accept myself um, and the more... I realise that my identity is in him, then I can't reject that identity. Like yeah. it's not, it, oh. it, it's, it's super, it's easy to reject yourself, but if, if your identity is in Christ, then it's like, well, I can't really do that. That's, yeah. that's cool. That's a cool way to look at it. It's almost like yeah. you've, it, yeah, you've been shown that actually God has made you a certain way for a reason. And this is like, Stop running away from it, almost, right? Yep. Is that what you think? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, I haven't, th- I haven't had a thought about. That. I think that's a really mm. cool thought. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, interesting. That's yeah, very interesting. <laughs> uh, so let's. So you're at high school. Yep. What high school did you go to in Melbourne? Uh, Kilvington Girls Grammar. Kilvington Girls Grammar, of course. But Yes, of course, yes. <laughs> Well-known. Yeah. No, no, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's it like? Um, you said that you were, <laughs> you were, your closest friend was a Christian. Yeah. But then, yeah. like, you were also friend, friends with the supposedly rebellious yeah. crew. <laughs> How does that play out? Like, well, like, I don't think the rebellious crew really jive heaps well with a Christian, yeah. like, yeah. or a Christian... Uh, a Christian, sorry. Yeah, there's a yeah, question. Yeah. How does that work? I uh, Look, in a funny sort of way, I think it's authenticity that they want. So mm. I think there's a sense in which um, the the middle group are almost like a bit of the poser group or they're just the group that felt more superficial. Like uh, I, I don't, if I, as long as I'm like just fading in the background a little bit, I'm not going to get exposed. Is that what you mean? No, well, I, I think, I actually think that they felt listened to and cared for by us as Christians or certainly me oh yeah okay. oh, so I meant yeah. the the kind of um so the reason that I was mm. saying was you meant the people kind of in the middle mm. were less authentic because they're kind of just like if I just don't yeah if I yeah. fit in yeah, and not be I myself yep. yeah okay. that's exactly right cool so yeah. then the pe- the rebellious guys really wanted to feel feel heard, heard yeah and I think that they owned their own you know their own this their own space yeah. and they were used to People, well, they were used to the, you know, the hierarchy, the teachers, you know, the whole system sort of rejecting them. They were trying to rebel against yeah, that, yeah. Um, and so I guess they expected that to provoke a reaction. Um, and if the Christian reaction wasn't the same as the other, like if we were yeah. actually interested in them and wanted to be their friends, it was that was different. Mm. And did anything prompt you to to behave that way with those go- the, that group of people? Mm. Um, it's just being a Christian. I think it's just being. I, I think it's just being open to people. Yeah. 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 And have you had you become to that realization? Being, I mean, you became a Christian at nine, so mm-hmm. like, the Holy Spirit's obviously working for quite a while yeah. <laughs> until you're into middle high school or yeah. later high school. Yeah. Did that? Do you think that that, along with you said you were going to youth group, is mm. that kind of what helped you to say like I actually want to intentionally? do this at school because we've talked yeah. about it before and yeah. you may have heard because yeah, you listen yeah, every yeah, episode yeah, yeah, that yeah. how both Brad and I have said that we regret a little bit that we didn't stand out mm. more as Christians at school mm. and I feel like what you're saying there is you really did stand out at school mm. as a Christian so mm. I'm mm. just keen to get your thoughts on, on all that yeah yeah I I um, I it wasn't as intentional it was when I went to uni that it became super intentional mm-hmm. okay um, it was somewhat intentional I think it was just the logical outworking of of a relationship with God. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think... I mean, I think there was some intentionality, but it wasn't super, you know, intentional. So I don't think I actually invited any of my friends at school, not that... Like, I don't think I actually invited any of them along to youth group or stuff like that in, in the sense that I was really intentional about trying to do that. Mm. Um, but when I got to uni, that really changed things right yeah so how did what was that transition like from high school to uni did you know what you wanted to do at university 
when you left finished school? You went to U12, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yep. I went to U12. Um, yes, I thought I would be an educational psychologist. So, you know, um, going with education, pretty familiar. Psychology, interested. Well, okay, okay. that mm-hmm. seems like pretty interesting. Mm. So um, I turned up at Melbourne Uni doing an arts degree, um, hoping to do a major in or honours in psych and, um, and found myself connecting with a Christian group on campus called Student Life um, and just loved, loved it. Yeah. Um, just, it was a whole, whole new world. It was mm. amazing. Mm. Uh, and I know that, like, uh, you were on uh, way back, well, a couple of years ago, on a Shogazorba episode <laughs> with Stu and I, <laughs> and we're talking about um, university ministry. Yeah. And I know that's something that's really, you're really passionate about. Yeah. Why um, did you enjoy it so much and why are you still so passionate about it? Yeah. Um, well, what I really loved was that it was um, a group of Christians who were super um, committed to the Great Commission. So mm. they sort of knew there was a purpose for what they were doing. So they were building, they were on, on campus to, um, to basically disciple each other and to share Christ. Um, and because uni time is such an interesting time in, you're sort of working out... I get, well, I guess you're confronted with the rest of the world's views. So, mm. it, you know, if you haven't been already um, at school, which most people are, but at uni it's like, okay, hang on, you know, you, you're getting so many different perspectives and suddenly people actually want to know why you believe what you believe. Mm. So mm. You can, it's not enough to just say I'm a Christian. It's like, okay, yeah, why? You and know, you get challenged. Yeah. Yeah, cha- yeah. And so it actually forces you to start to think about... Um, why that is Mm. and that process was really confirming for me because um, it actually made me realize there was actually really good evidence for what I believed Um, and yes I believed by faith but it wasn't blind faith and that um, and, and that I could have an answer to people and that came through student life through the um uh just through the, the training that we did in, in um, how to, oh, I guess in apologetics really. Um, Josh McDowell was really big back, back then. Mm. Um, yeah, it was a real sense of being able to be confident in articulating your, your faith and why you believed um, and not, not, being, uh, like not being ashamed of it, but also not forcing it on other people, but just going, well, you know, this is it. This is what I believe. This is where... I formed my opinions, this is how, um, mm. you know, you can check it out, this is what, mm. you can look at the Bible, you can, yeah. So being challenged helped you to articulate better why you were a Christian. Absolutely. Which I'm guessing probably helped deepen your faith as well, because yeah. you looked into it more. Yeah. And then is that why you're so passionate about university ministry, because you want others to, like, to help others be able to do that thing? Yeah, yeah. I th- and, and it was definitely a ministry where... Um, it was about multiplying disciples. So it wasn't just about um, can you build yourself up and be the best Christian you know you want to be and yeah. all the rest, which is great because we all want to keep growing. But it was actually stepping out in faith and growing by um, by following Christ's example. Mm. And so we would have um, discipleship groups and we would be discipled personally by people and disciple others. Um, and we would see, um, we would share our faith with people. Just, um, and even, I know it sounds weird, even random stra- strangers, you know, mm-hmm. on the lawn. 
at yeah. uni, you know, and you'd get yeah. used to... Did you just go up and talk to them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, right. yeah so really that helped you obviously be more outward in your faith as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you learn to, I think, you learn to be respectful and interested and curious about people's journeys and stories. And if you start there, that, that's, you know, that's great. You're not going, it's not your work to do anything. It's just God being at work. And, um, yeah. That's very similar to the people at school as well. You're just doing the same thing. You're just being generally interested in and authentic in yep. them because you're a Christian. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just making that link between those two things. Mm. What does it look like uh, being in university ministry? Because mm. then like a previous, another previous Chip Lunch episode, <laughs> both Brain and <laughs> I said, callbacks. we were just like ready to leave uni as quickly <laughs> yeah. as possible. Yeah, and yeah. often it was because we were doing... Friday night, a Friday yeah. night ministry and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, what does that look like um, for people like ourselves who yeah. are uninitiated? And what is it? What do you? Do, what do you do besides going to classes? What yeah, are you yeah. doing? Yeah. Except hassling people on the lawn. Yeah, except hassling people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, I think it's um, for me, it was very much getting involved in that ministry and my church involvement sort of backed off a little bit. So, I think it's um, not that it's hard to do both, but I think it's um. Some people choose to focus on different aspects. Yeah. So it's like you were, your ministry was focused there. So yeah. no wonder yeah. you were back there. Yeah. My yeah. ministry focus was on campus and yeah. it just suited yeah. um, that, that way. Um, so, yeah. It was, and you were ministering in an environment that was growing you and that was supporting you mm. in a community. And I was doing the same yeah. there. Yeah. And, you know, running, um, running small Bible study discipleship groups, um, meeting one-on-one with my group mm. members, one-on-one with my leader, mm. um, going to conferences, um, yeah, running evangelistic events sometimes, um, yeah. And how, how many days a week were you going to uni? Yeah, that, well, see, that, I was doing an arts degree, you know, so that says it all, what, did I have, what, 14 hours or whatever <laughs> classes? <laughs> so I, I, had time I didn't to want to cast a spur. I, I had time to lay on the lawn. <laughs> Favourite recollections of the of, um But, yeah, I really literally did have time and, and my classes were spread. So mm. I had to be on campus most, I think, every day. Yeah. Really, so but only 14 hours. Yeah, okay. so I had okay. the spread yep. and, yeah. you know, to do that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, oh, I had a, a question related to that. Oh, what's the like the curliest, most challenging question you think you got during oh. university ministry, or one that you can remember? Yeah, at least? yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't know that there's any really um, more challenging ones probably than the emotion laden ones. So mm. you, you get people that want to debate. Things like, you know, oh, the Bible's not true because, you know, how can yeah. it be? Um, it, it's got all these contradictions and what, you know. But you, I think the hardest ones are the ones where people have had experiences of suffering or experiences of um, or bad experiences. And, um, and, yeah, those questions are, well, how can God allow this? Or how can... I think they're the tricky ones because there's not an easy answer for lots of stuff. There's lots of good principles, but um, speaking into someone's pain or whatever, that's, that's hard. Especially if you don't know them. 
yeah, as well yeah, when you're yeah, meeting yeah. them for the first time, like you said, on the lawn. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of lawns at Melbourne University. <laughs> About the same as Sydney. Okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> what did you say? Oh, or just, just one big one. Oh, yeah, on the flip side of that, <laughs> do you have like a specific memory of something going really well? Like... And people oh, even like becoming a really nice Christians, interaction yeah. or yeah um yeah i i think um i have memories of the of sometimes the surprises yeah, so i think you know i probably go into things um my personality is that i'll look for the risk first not the positive you know <laughs> so i probably go in thinking oh you know this might not go so well <laughs> rather than going and thinking oh this will be brilliant you know um and so i think i was um often surprised when people said yeah, sure. Sit down. Yeah, yeah, we'll have a chat. Okay. What's your opening line on that? Sorry, is it just you want to talk about Jesus? Yeah. Well, well, we we changed after a while. It was a little different because um, so it, it's that's what you need is some point of connection, and so uh, at sometimes we had an actual survey that we were doing. So we mm. couldn't we couldn't just lie and say we're doing a survey. We actually did a survey okay. um, to try and have that opening to say, look. We're doing, we belong to a Christian group on campus, so we told people, you know, so they knew sort yeah. of where we we're coming from. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're doing this survey. We just have, you know, four questions. Could we just ask you quickly, you know, and then we'd ask them a bit about, um, you know, their spiritual background or, you know, just, just gen- very general questions. Mm. And then at the end of that, we might say, thanks, that's great. Um, you know, would you be interested in chatting more about, um, God or about your belief in whatever mm. and some of them say no and some of them say oh yeah you can mm. sit down you know they're mostly art students they've had plenty of time on the, on the lawn probably probably <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, look at this guy he's in my class we'll ask him uh, what about church? you said you step back a little bit from church mm. when you're doing a lot of university ministry what what's church like when, as you uh, finishing school and going to uni at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So um, we switched to a Baptist church um, sort of into my high school years, uh, really because it was a bigger church that had um, more people and more youth activities mm-hmm. and uh, my parents had made friends with some people there and so uh, it, um, that became that. And I was involved in youth group and going to church, but I didn't have a Bible study group um, as part of that, so in a yeah, in in a sense, I was it, it was very much weekend. Church was very much weekend, I suppose, and yeah. my um, uni ministry was very much during the week. When you said involved in youth group, did you go to youth group or were you leading? No, I was never a youth group leader. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but I did get to go to youth group. And, um, yeah, youth group was probably a bit different back then <laughs> than it is now. Well, you kind of mentioned <laughs> just before we started that you had an interesting story from youth group. Would you like to tell the tale? Seamless, seamless. Uh, yeah, what uh, a segue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, yes, youth, youth groups back then, um, uh, I guess, uh, did a fair bit of entertaining uh, of, as well. So we had certain nights that would be... Um, that would be especially fun nights. And so each year, um, I was there for three years on, on this, each, each one, one year, um, one, one day each year, they'd have a special blind date night, <laughs> which sounds just crazy. <laughs> it really does. It sounds crazy. Yeah. But, um, but it, it was designed really for groups to get together and people who didn't know each other. So it wasn't like you had your own little group that went out and did something. It was like you put your name in, 
if you wanted to be involved. <laughs> the leaders worked it all out and I yeah. guess they managed ages and managed suitability and tried to manage all the, the risk elements I'm thinking of as a warden going, oh my goodness, you know, <laughs> okay, <laughs> the Oh, I don't know if we're putting this one <laughs> in the parish council yeah. anytime soon. Risk management. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yes, I do remember one particular very, um, very memorable uh, night and, um, and I was not anticipating that I would ever really visit Sydney or end up living in, in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this night I was just told um, I was getting picked up at like four o'clock, um, smart casual. And um, hey, well, can I ask, what was, uh, when you say smart casual, what did you choose to wear the smart casual? Oh, I think I wore jeans. Mm. Um, you pretty much always wear jeans in Melbourne because you never know what the weather's <laughs> oh, yeah, like. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Those jeans, a nice, nice jumper, mm. you know, so mm. something. And uh, it turned out we headed to the airport. And so I'm thinking, oh, wow, the airport's actually quite a long way away from where I live. Um, mm. I, are we just going to have dinner? And the idea was we were going to have um, coffee there and then we were going to go on to dinner somewhere. Uh-huh. Um, and it turned out that uh, rather than being in a group this time, it was actually a, one, a one-to-one. Um, now, I did know the person because okay. we we're all part of the same youth group, so there yeah. was no issue. I did, did know mm. the guy. Um, and, uh, and anyway, we get to the airport, we're having a coffee and sit down. And then suddenly on the table, two tickets. And that stage, you still had paper tickets. Like, so none of this e-tickets e- back then. And suddenly I went, we're going to Sydney. What is the... For I'm the night. Wondering what the youth group budget was for <laughs> this. I was going to say. <laughs> that's what I was Did everyone say. else get... Yeah, did everyone else get flights to someone no, else? No, no, no. I think this, I think this was a unique, uh, a unique experience. <laughs> so, like, oh, maybe I should wait till the end. But <laughs> does that mean that he's paid for the tickets? Or youth group. So he was. He does that mean that he was quite keen on you, Leonie? Quite possibly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cool. Moving on. Right. So you flew to Sydney. So we flew to Sydney. We um, uh, we had dinner at a Chinese restaurant. We had a taxi ride across the bridge. We went back to the airport. Came home. I think I was home by eleven thirty. Wow. So how long do you think you were in Sydney for? Like a couple of hours. <laughs> Two and a half hours. <laughs> Must have been pretty fun. Yeah. It was. It was yeah. pretty amazing. It was pretty yeah. amazing. And but I'm guessing you didn't. That didn't end. It up didn't in a go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like I like that you can a story have, to tell. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like That's he must right. have just known someone who worked for. Did you fly Qantas or Ansett? I'm guessing Ansett was still there. In, yeah, I can't even remember. It was probably Ansett. Mm, yeah. He knew someone at Ansett. Yeah. <laughs> quite. Po- quite possibly. Yeah. Chuck us off some tickets, bro, so I can. Take this lovely lady <laughs> to <laughs> Sydney for, to a succulent Chinese meal. Sydney, all the way there. A succulent Chinese meal. Um, yes, it was a little bit different from um, one of the other previous ones. It was a group one yes. where we went um, spotlighting. If people know, um, like rabbit, we didn't oh, shoot. For ra- we, didn't shoot. For we didn't shoot rabbits, but spotlighting for rabbits. Well, just trying to find rabbits. That was it. So you didn't do. Yeah, quite quite different. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that is very different. <laughs> That's um, so epic. Yeah. If you should any kind of plans to do something oh, like well that? Now that, now that we've got a tick from Leone to <laughs> oh, the oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have a blind date night, who knows what will happen? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think, think we've think evolved from there. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we're flying anyone to Melbourne. <laughs> Well, just the kids that you're like, no, you can go, you can, <laughs> you uh, can go to go. Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, 
So that nothing eventuated from that. But no. it did it start a love affair with Sydney? Oh. Well, oh. that wow. is a great um, <laughs> suggestion because um, it has. I, yeah. I moved up to Sydney uh, when I f- finished my degree. I decided to join Student Life as a staff member. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I switched and did social work because I thought it would be more practical, not because I ever really wanted to work as a social worker. <laughs> and it was more practical. I got, yeah. you know, good counselling skills and all the rest. Okay. Um, and so I joined Student Life on staff and they sent me to Sydney, wow. which was fabulous because mm. I you got said, to move out of home. There's a great Chinese restaurant and there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I've been there before. Yeah. How, old were, you, how old were you? Sorry. So yeah. I was 22. <laughs> Sorry. I just I feel like I talk <laughs> over the top of him a lot. So sorry, you were twenty two. Twenty two. Yeah. Okay, ask your question, Brad. So student life, did they send you to, to a particular university? Yes, yeah, they sent me to Sydney, oh, Sydney Uni. The Sydney Uni. Yeah. So I lived in Newtown <laughs> before it was trendy. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and from, I lived from one lawn to the other. Yes, <laughs> it was. Right. And you're sorry, isn't you? Yeah, uh, my like, my mum lives in Newtown now. Uh, but what would you just, you said that before when Newtown was trendy? Oh, what, yeah. what does Newtown look like when it's not trendy? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's it can be pretty derelict, like place. We uh, <laughs> some of the places that were pretty, um, yeah. It, it can also look like um, we we came home one night to have someone just. Uh, passed out at our front doorstep. So I literally had to step over the person to unlock the door. (laughs) Um, We had uh, a murder in our street um, uh, one night. Uh, So we lived in Australia Street opposite the fire brigade, the police um, station and the courthouse. So you would have had a fair Um, bit of noise. So yeah, but at least we felt sort of safe. (laughs) (laughs) At least you were living with someone. Didn't have fire to go. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So I'm guessing you just walked to Campus yeah, walked then. to campus, walked yeah. everywhere. That's, that's nice. It was brilliant. Yeah. And were yeah. you living with friends? Or yeah, yeah, so I was living with another... So we had a girl's house and a guy's house. So the guy's house was a couple of streets away. Um, so uh, myself and another staff member and two students in the girl's house. The guy's house had two staff members and four other students. They had like six guys in this ramshackle <laughs> um, terrace. Derelict. Yeah, yeah derelict. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a great word, by the way. And that's what should be the title of this episode. Derelict. <laughs> wow. Derelicts. So instead of being a student in student life, mm. what does being a staff member student life look like? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's great because you're working in community with the, the staff team and the student leaders um, as as well and so it's it, it's a constant um, I guess it's, it, it's a constant like you're living ministry all the time really it yeah mm. it, in, in some ways you yeah. enjoy that yeah yeah it was it and, was great and what you want was that what you wanted yeah yeah mm. it was really really good I, I loved it because you've developed really deep relationships with those you worked with so mm. I love working closely with people and I love feeling part of a team mm. um, and y- you know you know what it's like to uh, in youth ministry to, yep. to have those relationships yeah. it's great to be ministering together ministering yeah. as friends yeah yeah, yeah. 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 it's yeah, really really good sense. and what's uh, like we asked your story about uh, what was a, a really fun story from uh, Melbourne Uni, mm. but what about Sydney Uni when you were working on stuff? Do you have anything else that you remember from that? Yeah, yeah, okay. 
Um, yeah, I do remember this. Um, uh, Put a smile on your face. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a good one. <laughs> I shouldn't forget it anyway. Um, <laughs> Someone tried to fly me to the Americas. <laughs> <laughs> we had a, a very big outreach um, happening and some, uh, I can't remember all the details, but some American um, sort of, uh, I don't know, it might have been a movie or something happening and we, we had a lot of outreach happening around it. And I'd been in Sydney for only about three months or so. Um, oh, maybe a slightly more than that, maybe four or five months. But um, I remember I, I had formed a pretty quick relationship, which I think my mum was just adamant that she, that was her biggest fear, that I'd go <laughs> to Sydney and I wouldn't come back to Melbourne and um, so very quickly I found um, that uh, I formed a good friendship with one of the student leaders, one of the guys and so I remember on this um, outreach we had um, had had this whole night of doing this stuff and then we were off to get pizza or whatever and it was like um, okay so uh, uh, when, are, when are you going to ask me <laughs> and it was like because um, we talked about getting married and it was like wow. we just it just wow. Yeah, we decided to get engaged. So I'd moved up to Sydney and pretty much four months later, I was engaged. Wow. Um, Hi, Mum. <laughs> the yeah, thing you sorry, least Mom. wanted to happen has now <laughs> happened. <laughs> That's right. I'm, yeah, st- right. I'm staying. <laughs> Does that, because um, I was going to see if this ties in with this question of how did you find a church? Like if you moved to Sydney, you obviously you've got to find a church too. Yeah. What was the process of that? And then I'm guessing yeah. uh, this was part of the process. Yeah, as well. this was really part of the process. Um, because there wasn't really um, necessarily a church to connect connect with, so yeah, I, I got involved with, um, uh, with my fiance's. Church. He he was um, originally from the Blue Mountains, but living down um, in Sydney. Mm. Um, so uh, and what we ten months later we got married. Um, and then on staff, we moved up to the Blue Mountains oh. to, for a short while, for six months, yeah. commuting um, before we moved back to sort of Hurstville and got involved, more involved in a church down there. Oh, okay. So yeah. you weren't really involved in church prior to that? Oh, okay. Just because it was hard to get connected? Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. And so the Blue Mountains, you've, you're moving a lot. If you hadn't realised that, yeah. Leo. I was about to call you Anthony. That's not very good. Sorry. We'll get yeah. Eck to put up the map. Yes, yeah. Melbourne, Melbourne, yeah. To Melbourne to Sydney. Newtown. Yeah, Newtown. Yeah, Newtown. Yep. Newtown. Now Newtown to. Well, New, Newtown, um, Newtown, um, and then uh, literally just an, another suburb away. So I had a move in between that, yeah. and then um, uh, Blue Mountains, and then Hurstville, and then Connells Point. Oh wow! Um, and then. United States, and then I didn't know this part of the story. <laughs> this okay. is good. This is like where she's plotting out the rest of the podcast for us. That's great. Okay, hang on. So, Blue Mountains. Where in the Blue Mountains did you move to? A Blacksland. Blacksland. Yeah. But you were only there for a few. Yeah, months. only six months. Okay, yeah. six months. Sorry. And then, but that was still part of student life. Yeah, yeah. We were still on staff. We just. Yeah. Yep. Yep. What uh, universities are up there? University. Oh of no, no. Sydney. We were commuting commuting to Sydney. Oh really? Wow. So wow. it's just a long train okay. trip. Yeah, very long train trip. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're still doing that. Okay, then you moved back to Hurstville. Yeah. What was the... Shorter train trip. Yeah, shorter train trip to the yep, city. Yeah, shorter train trip, yeah. <laughs> we were also doing some work at Uni of New South Wales yeah. at that time too. Oh. So we were split between Sydney Building and New your South Wales. Yeah. <laughs> of universities. Okay, so why did you move to Hurstville? Um, I just think it was to connect back in 
closer. Yeah. 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 And I think um, there may have been some other staff around that area too, okay. which was illogical. Yeah. Yeah. So you're working in student life, now working at University of Sydney yeah. and also University of New, New South, South Wales. Wales yeah. So when does America come into the picture? Oh, that is that is a bit later. Oh, that, okay. that is actually so. What's eight happening years later. now? <laughs> what's happening as you're in Hurstville? Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Well, uh, we through a contact, um, and God is good in providing, uh, provided us um, a, a, a house to live in um, in Connells Point for very reasonable rent. Very and nice. so we had like five years of that, and God was yeah. so good. And we were we got involved in a brethren church then because um, that was my um, my husband, uh, his father was a lay preacher in Brethren Church, so we got involved in the local church there, which was great. Mm. And we had Bible studies and whatever, great, mm. great church. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and then um, we moved uh, again, another Christian providing rent, but we ended up moving across the bridge into Karangbar. Mm. And so now really joined. Yeah, thanks for coming across the bridge. <laughs> yeah. People say that. Like Southern Shire people, uh. come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, so a lot of moving around. Yeah. And then still working in student life? Still working in student life. Um, my role changed a bit because we ended up having two kids. Oh, of course. So, so that changed that. things uh, a little. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, son Michael and a daughter Catherine. Um, and so I was on campus just one day a week um, while yeah. um, my husband Andrew looked after them. And but most of the time, um, I was sort of home looking after them. Uh, they got used to coming to camps, so they, yeah. you know, <laughs> they they would just come everywhere with us, mm-hmm. um, including uh, projects overseas. So Michael, at 18 months, came to Fiji for six weeks wow. with us on a summer yeah. project, and we lived with a family who also had an 18-month-old mm-hmm. um, little girl. That's cool. Um, who used to bite? <laughs> <laughs> you or oh no? no um, used to bite him. Nine yeah, yeah, very, okay. very interesting. Yep. And uh, he also managed to fall fall out of a minibus and land on his head during that trip as well. So that was a little. Was the eventful. minibus moving? No, no. Okay. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> He doesn't out a remember that. No, no, no. Just getting off the steps. Oh, just okay. So oh, that's not right. so I was worried he's dramatic. fallen no, out no, of no, a window. No, no. On, okay, that's good. But yes. So, and then um, we went to New Zealand a few years later on a, another um, summer project and left him behind and took our sort of two-year-old daughter mm-hmm. with us. So, yeah, they got to come and do um, some of the stuff with us. And that willingness to travel, is that something that you wanted to do? Because you have, like, you travelled a little bit in Australia, mm. but now you're also going to Fiji, America later, as we yeah, talked about, yeah, but yeah. also New Zealand. Was that something that you wanted to do? Um, it was a logical part of um, of ministry. So those overseas projects were um, a bit like what the Year 13 project um, does. Um, was just a way of um, continuing to serve. Uh, and I don't think we had any real... Um, you know, aspirations to travel. I don't think there's anything really like that. It was just, no, we just want to do this. This is a logical part. Mm. Um, and we would have um, teams of American students come on their summer projects to us mm. yeah. and come out on campus with us. And um, I remember going out to Broken Hill with them on a, doing some work. And so we would welcome them. And yeah, it was just mm. what we did. A, a question we normally like to ask parents who come on the podcast mm-hmm. um, I 
Joel normally <laughs> likes asking this question, but I'll steal it off him. Um, what do you think God taught you through being a parent and having yeah. kids? And still yeah. is probably yeah. teaching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, um, I always struggle when I hear that, that question because I sort of go, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think what, what I reflect on is um, whether at whatever stage for me um, in my life, God has always been the most important relationship um, and has always um, just guided and dictated everything, everything I do and, and the way I live. And so parenting is just, like, it's just another piece of that. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like I feel like I just approached parenting and, you know, fairly young, um, but we just approached parenting like just living a Christian life, just following God, just taking as it comes, you know, doing what we can do. Um, and we certainly um, made decisions to help our children understand and know God um, in ways. So, you know, playing all the fabulous children's Christian um, they would have been tapes back then <laughs> on our trips back and forwards to visit family in Melbourne yeah. and, um, you know, and singing the songs with them and reading the stories and, you know, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I, I, I must have been a few car trips then. If, if your family's in Melbourne, is, was Andrew's family from, from Blue Sydney. Mountains? Yeah, Blue Mountains. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you've been doing a fair bit of travelling in the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 His, his um, mum and dad moved to Campbelltown to to work with a particular church there. Well, that's a bit so, easier. So that was a tad easier. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I think that the one thing that I always think about um, being a parent is it teaches you to be less selfish. Do you think that? Would you agree with that? Oh yeah. It, it, it well, it really does mm. um, because it highlights um, it highlights the choice between selfish or not. Yeah. Mm. Um, yep. And so you can make that choice. And I think yeah, that that's very clear. We. Um, you know, some, sometimes we were very selfish in the sense of we're very involved in triathlon and mm. we made our kids just, our, our kids fitted in with us. Swim a triathlon, oh, sorry, participate in the triathlon. <laughs> <laughs> so they, from babies, they got used to just coming along mm. to, you know, and, and, um, and there were certain things that we, um, you know, we couldn't, uh, whilst we got them involved in lots of sports, you know, and I do remember the two years that I was involved in little athletics as a parent. <laughs> For those parents that know what little athletics means, um, it's it's a bigger commitment um, uh, compared to triathlons. You mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, to spend a whole to spend a whole Saturday morning um, yep. helping out um, yeah. with your kids was a bigger. <laughs> yeah. What what does that look like? Because you've are you, are you helping with timing or? Marking how far yeah, they throw the discus yeah, yeah, or anything all of like that. that. Yeah, all of that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that has to go all morning. Yeah. yeah. From from when? Oh yeah, from like eight o'clock through to <laughs> you know twelve o'clock or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's why I'm not going to allow my children to play <laughs> cricket, for example, because it goes all day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll probably get called up to umpire, and oh gosh, can't uh, do that. But but I think the interesting thing is, as a parent, is you don't you don't see things as sacrifices for them you see things as what you yeah. want as opportunities for them yeah, and so we actually changed churches for our our kids when they were older so we were at um Caring Bar at St Phil's for a little while and um 
and again, it was good for our kids at that age. Um, but uh, my son then decided to go to um, the Kingsway Church when it was the Kingsway Church, and and my daughter came to um, Guymere Anglican. Ah. Um, so for a while, we sort of had a three church uh, <laughs> family until we moved to Guymere as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, you said that you were very committed to triathlon. Yeah. Tell, Tell us more about that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah. I'm a, not a fan of long, <laughs> long no, sorry, I'm not, sorry, not a fan of long distance yeah. or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much a sprinter, um, whether it's swimming or running. Yes, yes. Uh, why, what was the appeal of triathlon yeah. to you and Andrew, I'm guessing, yeah, you're yeah. both doing it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so he got involved first um, uh, was studying PE, PE teaching, um, and triathlon was just starting out. This was the 80s, so um, triathlon was was still sort of in its infancy to a degree, um, and uh, he really liked the idea of the challenge and pushing himself mm. and all the rest, um, and I was very motivated not to miss out. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Oh, because always I have not wanted to miss out. Okay. So you had a fair bit of FOMO. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And also our friends, we got involved with the local triathlon club um, and there were some people at uni sort of. So it was, um, I didn't want to sit just on the sidelines and watch. I, I wasn't happy to do that. So, um, That's because they're a long time. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. they probably disappear for a long time, right? Oh, <laughs> I've sat on the sidelines and watched an awful lot because we got into endurance triathlons. Oh. So, okay, I, so we're talking let, really, Let's break really it down. Really. First of all, like, what's a normal triathlon? That's okay. swim first, isn't it? Swim. How far is that? Well, um, a small one would be five, smallest, or small, 500 metre swim. Okay. Probably something like a 15k or 20k ride. Yes, on the And bike. something like a 5k run. Okay. That's a small, that's what's a little one. What's the Olympic one? That's, yeah. that's, that's 1.8. 1.5k swim. Okay, thank you. 40k ride. Yep. 10k run. Yeah, okay. Okay. Right. Then you've got your long course. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you're looking at like a 2k swim. Yep. 80k ride. 20k run. <laughs> we did that in Canberra a fair bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're looking at half Ironman, which is just slightly mm. longer. That's like a 90 ride and a um, 25 run. And then you're looking at Ironman, which is 3.8, um, 180 on the bike. And isn't it a marathon? And a 42. Yeah, it's a marathon <laughs> yeah. run as yeah. well. Yeah. And then you're looking ridiculous. at ultra endurance, yeah. which, which is, is the yeah, which is the Hawaiian ultra Ultraman, yeah. so yeah. not the Ironman Ultraman. Um, and you're looking at um, 10k swim, <laughs> followed by something like I can't remember the exact distance. Followed, then get off the bike. Um, followed by something like about a 100k ride um, and then the next day so it's one day oh. and you've got to fit it in 12 hours so oh. you, otherwise you're out oh, I have heard yeah. that yeah. and then the next day is a hugely long ride so something like 270k ride up a mountain and then the last day is double marathon. <laughs> double <laughs> marathon. <laughs> and just the icing on the cake is a double <laughs> marathon. <laughs> and have you done that? My um, ex-husband has. Really? And so this was our last family holiday together. Um, and we went to Hawaii. So he's done the Hawaiian Ironman, which mm. is amazing. Mm. Um, and we went um, uh, without the kids. And then a couple of years later, uh, did the Ultraman. You sort of have to get invited to do it. There are only 10 oh, okay. competitors. Oh, wow. And it's 10? from around the world. Yeah, well, wow. it's 
pretty crazy and yeah. um, and you bring your support team which yeah. was us um, <laughs> and we didn't have a lot of money at the sta- that stage I think we stayed in one hotel room so I think yeah. the kids slept on the floor yeah. <laughs> as you do good good prep for the yeah. for the race too. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and no one I, I was the only driver so so my son was probably about 16 and daughter 13 but didn't have a license so I couldn't drive so I when Andrew was competing I was the only one that could drive um, now mostly that was fine until the last day the double marathon and you have the plan worked out and he did amazingly well he I think he came fifth halfway through in the end like well, he did amazingly well um, and but on the last day you have a plan as to what sort of time you think you're going to do and all the rest. Well, it didn't quite go to plan and started to get really slow. And so we'd run with him. The kids would run with him for a bit and I would run with him. That's and cool. then I'd have to run back to the car <laughs> and get in the car <laughs> and drive up run back. Wow. So did you end up doing a, a marathon? In, he's doing a double one. You're yeah, you I ended up doing an Ironman. And a marathon. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's not the craziest thing that he's done either. So, he's got a silver medal for the 100K run in Australia. Wow. 100K run. So, supporting all of, like, yeah, yeah. There's, we've, yeah, it's been really, a really interesting. Can you confirm this rumour for me (laughs) that I've heard that marathon runners, their toenails fall off? Uh, Quite possibly. Because they do so much running. Just wondering if you if have have you yeah, had that experience? Uh, or your turn mine, have stayed intact? I, uh, mine have stayed intact. <laughs> okay. But, um, <laughs> okay. So maybe it just depends on it just de- how much calcium you've had or something yes, yes, yes. related to you. Is it calcium is that related to your fingernails or is that your bone? That's your bone. No idea. Let's let's I'm going <laughs> out smart here. Anyway. Sorry, going off yeah, track. Yeah, I sound smart anyway. <laughs> well, let's say I'm not a doctor. <laughs> but calcium is good for your fingernails. <laughs> uh Right. Well, I was I was busy trying to Google the Hawaiian Ironman, but then the internet wasn't working, so that was disappointing. Um, can you? I've got one more question about yeah. triathlon slash yeah. Ironman. How do you end up training for something that is so long? Like it's yeah. not like you can do fit in a couple of Ironmans before you do the Ironman. No, right? yeah. no, no, no. Okay. That's that's a really smart question. And is it about periodization? <laughs> it is. Yes. <laughs> Please wow. educate us more. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it not is, a doctor. It is. No. So you, you do want to prepare your body for what it's going to um, go through. So you do want to have some long and slower or, you know, a longer um, uh, training sessions because um, – and, and it's not so much it, – it's almost the length of time rather than the, um, the amount of miles because you want your body to be familiar with running for like – three hours yeah. or four hours. You know, wow. you don't want to have only run for an hour and then suddenly your body's got to run for three or four. Yeah. And it's just not used to that. Um, but most of your training is is pretty much in the, the middle the middle range of, of, you know, getting really fit, but not too much to, um, to get injured. Mm. Um, and then there's some, that's the really, um, I, I, the, the interval training that's about building speed. Um, but for someone like me that didn't care um, about speed and that just wanted to finish yep. and that it wouldn't have mattered how much training I did, I wouldn't have got much better. So um, it was just about doing enough. And I was almost, I was just on the verge of injury. So I hadn't actually ridden 
the 180 before, the longest I'd ridden was 150. Wow. So that last 30 in the race hurts. <laughs> <laughs> that last 30 <laughs> kilometres. 30 kilometres. <laughs> well, on a bike, oh, I suppose you're, the end, you're at the end of the ride, but you are moving a bit quicker on the bike. Yeah. So like 30 kilometres is maybe slightly more achievable rather than a run. Like that yeah. last 30 kilometres yeah. on the run. Like yeah. 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 And, and the, run, the run training would have been, I would have run, I wouldn't have run a marathon before. I would have run like a 30, 32, 35k run at the most. Mm. Yeah. How do you fit in training like that? Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah. Being, like obviously being a mum and yeah. working yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Like how do you fit that in? Train yeah. that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and how do you fit two parents doing it? Yeah, that's yeah. what I was So thinking. we had an yeah. agreement that when, because um, my husband, uh, Andrew's done uh, more than 17 Ironmans mm. um, in different countries. So the first one was in the States. Um, but we had an agreement that when I did one, because that was my goal to do it before I was 40, I just made it a year inside. Um, and when I did it, he wouldn't. Um, no, it didn't work out that way. So, <laughs> so we were both training yeah, for it. Wow. But it also was really nice because it meant we both got to compete. And I got to run a little bit of the course with him because he was a lap ahead. So <laughs> <laughs> That's still cool, that was, isn't it? That yeah. was nice. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, if it was in the 80s when you first go on a triathlon, mm. a lot of fluoro? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What's your favourite fluoro colour? Uh, <laughs> it, 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 well... Really, um, the lime is my yeah. favourite. Oh, I, I like have lime. To say. Mm. But um, and particularly in the US because we went over at that time, it was just everywhere. The orange and the pink. Yeah, the pink was the one the I was. Pink was the yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah, and you even had the fluoro zinc. Oh. Like big, big, uh, those big sunglasses too, big bolets. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was interesting. So, yeah, it was a very di- interesting time in, um, in fashion. Expensive sport too, right? You it's a, a very b- expensive You don't have a bike. Sport. Oh, I suppose yeah. the bike is going to be the most expensive thing, but yeah. you've got to, you know, you've got to have expensive. good shoes. Yep, yep, you wear the shoes out. If you're doing endurance training, you mm. wear them out. Yeah. If, it's not, if it's not your toenails, it's your shoes. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. That's intense. Yeah, 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 very expensive sport. Yeah. But incredibly it's fun, yeah. like uh, in- incredibly fun in the sense of challenging. You get to challenge yourself, mm. um, and it was the yeah. I, I just enjoyed the mental challenge of seeing myself do something I never thought I could do, mm. um, and I found that I actually liked it. So uh, rather than just doing it to keep pushing myself, I'm mm-hmm. I would have got sick of that. I actually learned to like. Mm. Um, a fair bit of it. I was going to ask you, is there any parallels between your enjoyment of triathlon and your faith? Um, yeah, I, th- I think um, obviously you can make the, you know, biblical metaphors where you're talking about, you know, running the race. Um, and, but I, I, th- I think it is about, um, again, involving God in every aspect of your life. And it was like, well, God, I can trust you to help me do this. You know, this is something I'd, I'd like to do. Don't know if I can, you know. Got to run. I hated running. <laughs> Got to learn to swim. <laughs> Got to learn to ride a bike. Mm. You At know? least you like all two of, of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and all of that took, all of that, you know, had to learn to ride a bike as an adult. 
because I'd never really ridden one much as a kid. Okay. And so, you know, practising around the schoolyards mm. before I get <laughs> clobbered on the road. So wow. a lot of that took dependence yeah. on God to say, you know, what, what am I doing? Mm. Um, but will you, um, yeah, can I trust you in this? Yeah. Wow. I'm not planning to do a triathlon anytime no. soon. <laughs> but what I was going to ask you is the is this the right time to talk about going to America? Like, yeah. how, did, how did that yeah. come about? Yeah. So we, um, uh, we enjoyed working with uni students, but we were getting more and more involved in triathlon and a local club and, in, um, and wanted to get involved in a sort of an outreach ministry and we were connecting with local tri- Christian triathletes wow. too. Um, and we had realised that the parent organisation that we were um, a part of was called Campus Crusade for Christ. It's called Crew Now. And it's an international organisation. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. Um, founded by Dr. Bill Bright, who in the States is all, yeah, is, is really, really well known. Um, almost like Billy Graham status. Um, and so um, they had a, a worldwide ministry called Athletes in Action. And uh, we decided that we would um, go over and get trained, spend six months over there, and then come back and bring that ministry back here. Whereabouts um, in the States was it? So we spent three months in Athens, Georgia, which is about an hour out of Atlanta. Yeah. Um, and that was working on a university campus and getting stuck into stuff. And before that, we went on a summer project with them, um, which was in Fort Collins, Colorado, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. I love, Fort, love Colorado. Love yeah. Colorado. <laughs> um, and then we took a holiday in between the summer project and to make it down to Georgia and we had already made friends with a number of Americans who'd come over. So we bought a car, we flew to Chicago, stayed with a friend and then we drove. We drove up to Minneapolis, stayed, then we drove across to um, San Francisco, did the Ironman triathlon there, (laughs) drove all the way, that's a whole other story, drove all the way down through the States and stopped with people along the way. I'm wow. in LA, dipped into Mexico just to say we'd cross the border. Just to um, say hi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hola, sorry. Went, Hola. Yeah, <laughs> went through right right around the bottom, came came up and ended up in Athens, Georgia. Wow. wow. So Very in three cool. weeks uh, we had a, 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 <laughs> a, station, a, a station wagon yeah. um, uh, filled with all our worldly belongings, including wow. two bikes. Because you buy bikes over there much cheaper to buy right. bikes over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and two kids. Yeah, and the kids, kids the kids were squeezed in yeah. like Stupid like, <laughs> like the pedals in their face. <laughs> <or> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, a car that broke down a couple of times and mm. staying in the cheap motels along the way. Awesome. Yeah, very interesting. But it sounds like you really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, Is that true? it was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there were plenty of times where it really caused us to depend on God. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, not knowing how much money we would have and relying on, on that. Um, but, uh, but it, yeah, all of that, I feel privileged to be for, almost forced into those times to depend because you grow so mm. much more. And, yeah, I, it, it was wonderful. It wasn't easy, but it was wonderful. Mm. And so you came back here. Is it kind of like sports chaplaincy? Yeah, um, it was more of um, a, a targeted approach to bringing teams out and running evangelistic events. So we brought some gridiron guys out and they ran some um, coaching clinics with the local team. And then you might have a a bit of a gospel presentation or something and you connect people up. Um, So, and and then just one-on-one discipleship. But, but yeah, sports chaplaincy was happening around the same time. Yeah, it's a similar kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, 
again, just like we did with a couple of other things, what's your, uh, I mean, the story about traveling around America in three weeks was pretty cool, but what's in terms of um, doing that kind of thing around triathlon and, and, and other things, mm-hmm. what's the best story that you think you can give us from that, from that time? Uh, it depends what you mean by best <laughs> in which way. What's the most memorable one? Oh, most memorable. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, um, and, and, you know, pull me on time because <laughs> I'll, I'll get carried away. Um, the most, well, one of the most, actually, yeah, honestly, the most memorable um, was uh, a fundraiser um, that um, my husband did. And he was very taken with, there was a Burns charity um, and there was a, uh, um, a group that were fundraising and doing, uh, they they'd done some triathlons and they'd sort of done the road to Ironman and so they'd gone from Ballarat um, and they'd been journeying along and doing clinics and things and it was a whole team and he was really captured by I think just um, a great cause and a great challenge mm. and so um, decided to do that. And so I went along as the support person. He had a, a masseuse as a support person and there was a team doctor and there was a bigger crew. But he decided that um, he would do, um, I can't remember if it was five, five Ironmans along the way. So an Ironman each day along the way <laughs> from Ballarat to Foster. A madman. Yeah, <laughs> to Foster. And then a day off and then do the Foster Ironman. Wow. Um, and that was a really interesting time yeah um so that was cut the shoes out of cut the cut the you know front out of your shoes because um you know you were getting so many blisters that was that was going to Wollongong nearly being pulled out of 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 it because you know having bloods taken all the time to see what was happening and about three days in working out that it wasn't looking good kidney function wasn't great yeah that's what and i was gonna ask you like surely your body's like this is enough yeah yeah and um and but adamant that i i reckon i've passed the worst adamant that i think and so my job was to get the get at wollongong we we're up at Woolong- to get the bloods to the hospital get them analyzed get back and yeah it was past the worst so we kept going and and got better it was it yeah it was an amazing trip but i'll I, yeah I, I was constantly amazed at at how, what the body can do, what the mind can do. Yeah. Um, but also the challenges of just finding things that, um, t- to keep eating, you know, because you get tired, you have your whole plan, but then the plan goes out. Yeah. Okay, well, what can you have now? What, what, will, you, what will your stomach now? What will happen? You know, so it was the constant logistics of, of all of that along the way yeah. and getting to a motel um, with not enough time to get dinner. Like, you know, you finish the day at nine, all the restaurants are closed. Yeah. All the, then it's time for massage and it's time for bed. And then, you know, at six, you're up in the morning starting all over again. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so that was memorable. So wild. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you've talked about Andrew a lot. Um, and he's obviously mm. a, a really ex- extremely part, mm. important part of your life. Yeah. But you also mentioned he's your ex-husband yeah. now. What can you tell us about that without... Yeah, making too big a deal about <laughs> yeah. it. But I think, no, I no, think it's an important right. thing to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yes, I feel really, again, very fortunate. God has been very gracious. Um, married for 22 years uh, and really, um, yeah, just a time where I, I think a lot of people identify that people's values change and people grow um, apart. And, you know, um, the best efforts of trying to, 
you know, um, hold a relationship, sometimes it just doesn't work. Mm. And sometimes you have to face the reality uh, that it's actually better to separate and be apart. So um, that was very amicable. Um, it was, we are fortunate that um, our son was off at uni. Uh, so uh, he had sort of established a bit more of his own life. Um, daughter doing HSC, which probably wasn't the best <laughs> for her. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not easy for any family. Mm. Um, and I think I regret um, not anticipating how much even as as adults it has an impact on children like so because they weren't children they were nearly adults but it has so a still huge are your children it's still, yeah <laughs> and so i think it's um yeah it's interesting but again god gets you through that so um yeah i've been i i, I feel very supported through all of that process um not easy um certainly i wouldn't say it's easy and i think I think actually even emotionally, I really shut down for a couple of years, almost, I think it's probably self-protection, and it's almost like you stop feeling, and, and it was like almost... Almost like a grieving process, is that yeah, what Yeah, I like? think it is, yeah, I right. think it is, and you just almost, it's almost like you can't, you've lost touch with the feelings component, mm. and you know that they're sort of there somewhere, but, but um, yeah, uh, but things change, time changes things. Um, we are still in, in touch now. We share two gorgeous grandchildren. <laughs> That's um, cool. And so it's lovely to, you know, to be able to do that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's great that we're, or we all still can share sort of that family time. If when, even though we're not together, we still have our separate relationships mm. with the kids, which is brilliant. Yeah. Well, thank you for um, being authentic and honest about it. That's really cool. Um, we are probably mm. coming towards the end of the podcast. Mm. Um, but as you know, there's uh, just before I asked that final question mm. that you asked, I just wanted to ask you about coming to Gaimere Anglican and then coming to Sorrel Revival mm. Church. What was your thought process around that and, and yeah. where you think God led you in yeah, terms of that? Yeah, I definitely feel like God was leading um, in that because if, if Catherine um, hadn't come to... Um, to the youth group um, I might not have gotten connected but I got connected into Bev Crawshaw's Bible study <laughs> so that makes a difference. Thank you Bev, shout yeah. out to you. Yeah, and wonderful. So um, and it meant that um, we were able, Andrew and I was were still able to go to the five o'clock service when there was a five o'clock service at, at Guy Mir. Um, I kept going, um, he he didn't um, and so I, I kept the I, I was going to Bible study I kept going to church and then to the seven o'clock service um, and I think I even went to week away one <laughs> year when I really didn't know too many people just to sort of feel part of it um, and I think I went like for three days just to just to experience it and feel part <laughs> a of it. A taster. A taster <laughs> yeah um, but I I knew that I wanted to stay involved um, and then when there was the opportunity with Soul Revival starting, um, I was keen um, to come on board as soon as um, it was possible to do that. So it's been wonderful um, to be part of that and shout out to Stu for really um, recognising and encouraging me to 
contribute and to do things mm. and to say, hey, you're valued here, you've yeah. got things to offer. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, I think he does that super well for everyone to encourage you to feel able to express your gifts yeah. in whatever way they are. I definitely agree with that. Uh, one of the ways you express your gifts is as a warden. Can you give us a quick lowdown <laughs> if anyone has ever wanted to be a warden? <laughs> I'm thinking of uh, Daniel Darvell. Um, <laughs> what's, it, what's, it like being, what's it like being a, a, a warden at a church? Because we like, have a slightly different setup, I think, mm. to some other Anglican churches mm. that they usually have, you have one warden, but we actually have three. Oh, I think that, that they usually have a small group of, of wardens. Correct, correct yeah. me if I am wrong. Yeah, so thank, but thank we have those elected representatives. Mm. So I started as an elected representative. So did, we yeah. have a bit more of a, that larger group. Um, uh, well, really, I, I have to pay credit to the other two wardens <laughs> in terms of Hayden and Adam. Uh, they do the heavy lifting. They really, really do. I think I just provide um, an alternate perspective sometimes on things. Those are quite important. Add, yeah, add, add to the discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's super important to have um, a group of people that are going to um, focus on the administrative aspects um, of a church and mm. make sure that that, um, that that frees up to some degree other people to do other ministry. So someone has to be thinking about, um, you know, the building as- aspect, the, um, the finance aspect, the risk aspect, all of some of that stuff. Um, and so the wardens get to really, um, I guess, keep track um, of what's going in that space. Um, and what I love is that we work as a leadership team um, with Stu and with the broader uh, Soul Revival Council, mm. with the leaders of the service teams, the central coordinators, the pastors. Super helpful to be part of that. I think it's definitely also uh, just, I think that's noticeable, talking working as a team. Like, it isn't, you know how like they kind of like talk about organisations with a board and a CEO and one's like at odds with the other. I don't see that as working mm. as a church, but it's also good to keep the senior pastor and other pastors accountable through, um, what would you call it, a, a separate kind of governance yeah. section of yeah. the church. And I think yeah. that's really important. Yeah. And I think, but I think you guys do a really good job. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, the wardens support the ministry. So we support by looking at those aspects. Mm. Yeah. And we leave the ministry aspects and the, the accountability around ministry to, mm. um, to the structures of the Anglican church. Yeah, you know. okay. yeah. um, but we, we can be, yeah, we can support in that way. Mm. That's, mm. that's great. Mm. Um, before we wrap up the chips... Yes. Uh, last question. Uh, we haven't even really talked about what you do currently as a job yeah. now, so I do, I do apologise for <laughs> that. Fine, that's fine. Okay. Just leaving room for part two. Oh, that's true. Yeah, maybe we will leave it for part two. Um, you can bring Leonie back. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what do you wish you knew as a younger Christian that you do know now? Yeah, um, I think it, it is the reminder that you can always trust God. It doesn't matter what happens. You know, there's never going to be anything that you can't trust God with. Like, so life's not going to get, there's never going to be anything that God won't be capable of handling uh, for you. And that God's going to do so much more than you can imagine. Yeah. Like, he's going to change you in ways you can't imagine. He's, he's just, and, and you don't really have to do anything but follow him. Just have to be obedient. You just mm. have to do it day by day. And he'll take care of the rest mm. yeah that's really cool 
Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. <laughs> so um, Brandon, do you want to say any final words before I finish it up? I just, I always enjoy when I, I know Leone, but I don't know a lot about her yeah. history. So I think it's always really fun yeah. to get to unravel your life yeah <laughs> which like we, we also miss some parts yeah of well yeah. we've got plenty we've got plenty to go yeah you got to leave room for a part two especially if chris gets three yeah, leonie should get at least two <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah she's a warden that's yeah, right. exactly. yeah, that's right. well yeah i think you're right and i think like this is why we do the podcast is to hear other people's stories and hopefully mm. people also bounce off that identify yeah. different things like i can't imagine another time where i'll get an hour to sit down with the only yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's lovely yeah exactly yeah. um and i've like really enjoyed doing this podcast today because I, I was just thinking just um how many times that you actually challenge yourself which is really interesting in contrast to how you said you grew up with being mm. a little bit shy and reserved mm. um and then becoming a christian and then learning to trust god but then like I just wrote down a few things here. Like, you love being challenged because you, like, do triathlons. Never done triathlons before. Learned to ride a bike, <laughs> for example. Um, university ministry, like, you like people challenging you and making mm. you better at uh, being a Christian and explaining why you're a Christian. Um, you, <laughs> the three-week trip around the U.S. where you just bought a car and said, let's go. Um, even when you spoke, speaking about um, your divorce in such mm. an honest and authentic way, mm. like... And then also just choosing to be a warden. Like they're all, thi- they're all new things. Yeah. And I think that's really a great encouragement to us because you're saying that like take on the challenges because that will teach you to trust God even further. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's what I've got most out of this podcast mm. with you today is mm. that you are wanting to be challenged, but it's almost for his glory. Mm. And, I'm, and, and, I, and I think about also the times that you, you said that you really like public speaking because you enjoyed being heard, but... I always appreciate um, how often and willing you are to pray out loud in our mm. gatherings or like mm. even at council meetings mm. and stuff like that. And now I realise why that is. Cause it, but also you're challenging yourself again because I don't like playing, I don't really like praying in a large group. Mm. But I think by you doing that, it shows that it's possible and it's also mm. showing just faith in God. Mm. So mm. yeah, they're the two things that I really picked mm. up from here. Nice. So thank you, thank you very you're much. You're welcome. It's been really lovely. Mm. Um, and the time has just flown by, but yeah. we're at an hour and 15 minutes. So, <laughs> so th- thank you very much for your, your time. Let's, we're happy to wrap up the chips, yeah. but we always yeah. like to finish with a one-way. Yeah. 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 So thank you very much to yeah. you, you Leonie. Thank you very much to everyone who's listening or watching. And as always, we finish with a one-way. One